Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Adam Melia, Andy Heaton and John Gibbons. Listen, we try to be honest with you. We know right now as you're driving through Liverpool or whatever it is you're doing. Why do I just presume people are driving, John? Oh, I don't know. It's a radio thing, isn't it? That's what you think. On yeah. the wireless. Whack it up. Singing on the way home. Uh, sing along to all of this if you can. Um, <laughs> probably not one you've heard before. Um, we are pre-recording this one by a bit, of, a little bit more of a distance. So it's before the manager's press conference. We are tonight doing a show in Brighton. Uh, so we've got to head off for that before the game tomorrow. So we are pre-recording this one on Friday morning. So if Liverpool announce that they've signed Leo Messi in the meantime, sorry. Uh, we will just all have to make the best of it. But I'm sure if that's the case, you've got parties to go to. I'll, I'll sort it in the edit. You <laughs> Excellent stuff. I've got John Gibbons, I've got Andy Heaton, I've got Adam Amelia to look ahead, look back to Stoke and then look ahead to Brighton at the weekend. Uh, the first thing to point out, Adam, is the games are coming thick and fast. The manager makes six changes for Stoke. They did. Did they do some training? There was pictures of late night, late night yeah. training. Because you've got to wonder where they where they fit it in. Because it, it honestly doesn't feel like when you start to think about literally the mechanics of the job. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, so they train when the the times of the games. Yeah. So Monday and okay. Tuesday that are trained at eight o'clock to get them used to kicking footballs. At so that they time. would have got back from Stoke at about midnight, you'd think, and then they got up and trained at three yesterday, three p.m. It's yesterday. Done, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it, it really this one especially, I think, and and. And I wonder whether it will sort of continue to feel quite as uh, quite quite as back to back as as this one and Stoke have. Um, but yeah, this 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 it feel it does feel like uh, the Christmas has come early. Feels like the Christmas period <laughs> already. Does it almost feel like Andy? The, the, you're expecting similar games. You know, you know, you almost feel like they get off the bus with the kit on from one game, and they get you know what I mean. They get they, they get on the bus at Stoke, and they're almost getting off the bus at Brighton with the kits on because they feel like very similar challenges. You know, it's going to be. Brighton and Moscow are going to be different. Moscow and Everton are going to be different. Everton and West Brom are going to be different because of the nature of the game. But these two, they really do sort of feel like the same game of football too. Trickier ways from sides who will expect to be in the relegation picture come sort of March and April. Well, you always talk about blocks of games, don't you? Yeah. And the manager said that a couple of times before. I mean, this was albeit with a, with a, a thinner squad, so you don't know whether things have changed. But it's kind of, you know, you're training for two games and you're trying to pack a load of information in. And... How much information can you give someone in a certain amount of time? So, yeah, maybe they have trained for the two with maybe slight adjustments and tweaks and maybe a little bit of rotation. But that wouldn't surprise me at all. And look, let's be honest with you. Out of the two, if you would have said to me which one is, is tricky for Liverpool, you'd say Stoke. So, if you can beat Stoke with that team, I'm not saying we didn't play well. We did play well. But you'd think we shouldn't really be too worried about what Brighton are going to do and we should just be good enough with the players on the pitch to beat them. I mean, that's what John Money gets to make six changes he's still able to back the players on the pitch. And for me, there's a massive comparison there to Stoke away last year when he started a very, very raw Alexander-Arnold in an unfamiliar position uh, and, and and Ben Woodburn, they both got games It was and he made a formation change because he wanted to make changes later in the season last season. For me, there was a really stark contrast between a side that gets rotated out of sheer desperation as it was the, uh, for the fixture last season and one that gets rotated out of choice and retains tons of quality as it was this season. Yeah, he almost would have, he would have done 11 changes in that Stoke game if he could have just felt like the kind of 
the end of the line for for that team. This hasn't felt like that. This has almost felt preemptive, hasn't it? He's 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 rotated more and earlier in this block of games than I, than I expected it to and, and and like kind of Adam says it does it does feel like we're in this busy Christmas period when we've you know it's only turned kind of December today really but I think he's he's preempting it because he wants to be kind of fresher than than the opposition come come boxing day and it's it's gone pretty well so far you know you look at our record since the international break and it's good it's it's unbeaten it's just it's only it's only one game drop points we were disappointed in the Chelsea game but but generally speaking you know he's it's it's going pretty well for him and, and you'd hope it would do again for Brighton Brighton um we spoke to uh, Steve Armstrong didn't we from United we stand uh, recently about about when that they went they played Brighton and he, he was really impressed by them but you know, you got to say that these games, these these runs of fixtures, sorry, are tougher for the sides at the bottom than they are for Liverpool. We can make five, six changes, and we're bringing in international players. You know, you're bringing in guys like Oxley Chamberlain. You've got you know tens of caps for England. It's 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 tougher for teams like Brighton, really. And so, if they're reliant on energy and reliant on you know being well organised and reliant on getting getting in amongst them, then you know they've had a tough game Tuesday. It's an extra day's rest, but it's still it's still a tough game and, and a bit of a derby. And 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 so you you know it's. it's it is a it is beneficial to be to be to be a bigger club. I think at this time of year, I I think it's massive. I think John spots on, and I think it's been five or six seasons before you could look at the bench and think, oh, actually, their options there not just people to bring on when other other players get tired. And I think when there's a debate about who's who's in the team and who's on the bench, it shows you that you're in attacking positions at least in a really really strong position. And I think that has a massive effect on the opposition as well because you don't almost get the sense, especially last season when we were there on the ground, teams were going, oh, well, if we get to 60, 65, you know, you never know. We might just be all right here, you know. What what have they got? We, we we've they've run out of legs. They're not really going to do anything. Now you're looking at the bench and going, well, we look what happened the other day. We were already in in the ascendancy, and then Salah comes on, gets two, reverse that. That could be Mane. Sturridge isn't even in the conversation here. He's managed to get himself into that position where he can where he can make changes from a position of strength. And I think yeah. he had to go through the flak. Well, he didn't have to go through the flak because we could obviously have won against Sevilla and Chelsea. But, you know, he has gone through some flak. And I think a few people have said on these shows, yourself, Neil, I know have said that, that uh, and it's something we've talked about with draws in the past, is that if you get your draw, but then you win the next one, then everything looks rosier. And I think that's where we are now. You know, we have got that win. And having gone through the, the, the changes that weren't necessarily enforced but chosen by Klopp in the Sevilla and Chelsea games then to have again shuffled the pack and managed to to to, to get a convincing win against Stoke I think it seems like you know you, you've, you've got it looks like you've got an embarrassment of riches now and, and we're, we're making changes from that position of strength where as as, uh, as John says that the smaller teams are just uh, are going to start flagging Well we did six for Stoke Adam and it was notable Stoke only did two and one of those was Peter Crouch which you get the impression is as tactical as, as anything else yeah. And you can shake Liverpool up. Um, so they weren't really in a position to make the sort of changes. And we also shifted the shape to the 4-4-2 shape that we saw at West Ham. And Adam, I think that Oxlade-Chamberlain and, and Mane are crucial to this, I think. I, I, I actually would be sort of surprised if we'd see it this weekend because I suspect both of them won't play. But back end of last season, we did see a lot of Lucas and Chan sort of sitting in together away from home as well. And you get the impression this is something that the manager may have wanted to do for a while. He acted after the West Ham game like it was something he stumbled upon and I just think that was a bit of, that was just a little bit of something for the for, for, for opponent managers to think about and for the television to think about. I think he's wanted to, he's had this in mind for a little period of time. Mm, they're definitely a counterpoint, aren't they, those two games, the West Ham away um, 
um, win and the Stoke away win. And I think you're, you're right. It is. There's, there's definitely something about what we we, we sort of in simple terms with, the, with talking about the West Ham game. He just picked his fast lads, didn't he? Um, and and I think it's that that the, that approach of definitely you've got the Oxley Chamberlain and Mane threat. Um, I think Oxley Chamberlain's been fantastic actually. When he's he's really he's really growing into into it. And I I, I think um, Mane gives us something that that no, that, that nobody else does. And I think he I think he's just. Uh, I think he's absolute captain material. It it it, it does it does uh, grace on me slightly that Mane is made captain, mainly because I do think Mane. I think Mane is the captain. I just think he's he's, he's fantastic in the, in, the, in that game. Just going back to the the, the changes points, and it's gone under the radar a little bit. But did anyone see Hughes' interview pre match? It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. His, his head totally his head fell off because he said, "Oh wait, yeah, no six changes for Liverpool," and he and he went, oh, "I wasn't expecting that." Yeah. He was like, yeah. you know, I, I never expected to make so many changes from that. And it was clear, he was like, oh, hang on, they've been working on something all week. Yeah. We've got a line-up and he's almost, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think he's expecting the formation. No. Uh, but as part of that, Andy, you know, it's noticeable Stoke go 4-4-2 on about, the, on about half Very an hour. Very quickly, yeah. 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 They're the, the 1-0 down and they go 4-4-2 and it's as if Hughes has sort of had to go, I've got to do something here. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to him, to be fair to him for the period of time, for Adam's eager to get in here, match, matching us up actually works quite well, I think. And, and that's where they do begin to get a little bit of joy, sort of the 10 minutes, 15 minutes either side of half-time, although we do get in twice. Yeah, no, I mean, they did have a lot of joy and it's one of them where the games, games in general, but especially with this Liverpool team, are in the balance a lot of the time and you can be playing well and not get what you deserve and then be not playing so well and get more than you deserve like this, this Sevilla game being a perfect example of both of those things and you know it was it was in the balance and definitely think Stoke were were in the game and we we rode our luck uh, a, a few times but then um, you know it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't feel like that now having having the options off the bench I think even if Stoke had you know had, had managed to, to, to score one of their chances I think uh, you know the, the, the changes that we made were, were always going to look different decisive I think the only part we can genuinely say we were lucky is, is the, the yellow card for Mignolet apart from that if you watch the game back I know yeah. it's, I always find it weird watching a game back or watching it back and then watching it back again because I never because of things um, but if you watch the chances back and what we created we could have been two or three as much yeah. as they still could have got in the game Mane goes through the one-on-one should score uh, so Solanke I, has, the, has the chance I think it's just I think partly it's that Stoke weren't as bad as I was expecting them no. to be I was expecting them to be poor and they weren't they weren't that bad uh, in, in you know up until we, we get our second um, but yeah I mean the, the, the Mignolet one's interesting um, I I <laughs> and, and I saw John talking about it on Twitter actually I'm a massive Mignolet critic but I haven't really slaughtered him for this because I think at the time I was like brilliant that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's about as best that, that is the best once, once the free kick's missed and then the corner's missed I was just thinking that's fantastic that's the best result we could have hoped for from that because it was it was, everything was everything was had gone haywire and he just whether he means to or not he just he just managed he just cleans the lad out and there's enough doubt in the referee's mind that there's a, there's a player behind him that he doesn't send him off it was like playing uh, the debate being like me playing my dad at pool at Christmas new rules old rules <laughs> are we carrying it now like, no the new rules say it doesn't necessarily have to oh, but there's a red there's card there's enough doubt though, though. That, that's what I mean there's enough I'm, doubt I'm, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> taking on, the bobby in approach just yeah. getting his head yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on the actual incident I was made up he committed because that isn't something that's normally in his locker Although I will say, I still His luck don't is fairly know. unpredictable. Though, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, someone did say if he if he blew his own head off, all he'd do was ruffle his own hair. But there you go. His um, luck is like Mary Poppins' bag. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows I, what else is in there? 
I'm sound with the challenge. Um, and we got lucky a little bit with the yellow, but his starting position was awful. If you well, if yeah. you look where that comes from, he's actually stood in his line. His feet are none of his business with Andy. his left hand. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Seri- this is the serious show. Come on, it's a serious point. It's not it's Friday night. Come on, Adam. More jokes. <laughs> I'm not telling you now. Uh, he's, ba- he's, ba- he's banging line with his le- with his left hand post, and he's on the edge of a six yard box. When you yeah. can see the ball's only going to be travelling in one direction, hmm. so he should be two, three, four steps ahead, and then he's just collecting and clearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, more than fair enough. But we did ride our luck in that in that John. And uh, Joe Allen has a couple of little sniffs. But I want to talk about Tom Solanke after the break. Uh, Joe Allen has a couple of little sniffs, and there I is something I, about. That, that, I think we're lucky that Joe Allen still can't finish. Actually, that would, you, you just might, reminded me of that. Actually, well, I I, what, that at the time, what strikes me, uh, John, is that the, the, the way Allen gets in, it's not dissimilar to drink water. Uh, for Chelsea on yeah. a couple of occasions and this might be something that not just for us I think I think that we might be you know up and down the country I think there might be a few people who suddenly third man runners from centre mid something that has sort of gone out of fashion we might start to see I think and I think a few of the bigger sides might start to see as well when they go and certainly away from home they might suddenly be, be dealing with every now and again a lad stealing forward certainly if you've got both centre-halves occupied there's one of them I think it's the first one and, and the, the centre-halves are furious with the midfield like it's the first time I've seen Matip shout at anyone he's He's screaming at, 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 at the, the, the lack of tracking. I think I think the, the second one's a, a, a difficult chance, and there's, there's there's bodies around him. And I think I think you're surprised if he scores that kind of because it's you know it's coming at him. Quite it's a great a, goal if it goes in. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's coming at him quite an awkward height, and there's people around him. But the first one he should finish, and and there's no one kind of really around him. And that is something we kind of need to look out for. But I mean, it's something we should be prepared for for, for Crouchy really because he wins those headers, and he does normally look to set someone up rather than score because of the way that the balls are floated over to him and so a little bit frustrated that we weren't kind of switched on to that and as you say it's something that we need to be on a little bit more especially if you're playing in midfield too because if you're playing if you're playing a three then it's a one and a two year thing well it's a defensive midfielder's job whoever's there but it looked to me like in that instance Shannon Wijnaldum weren't sure who were meant to be doing it and they need to sort it out amongst themselves it's a bit of a common theme this and it might just be coincidence but even the goal against Sevilla we, we're given footballers clear clear sight of goal in, in our the own mi- area in the middle of the, in the, middle of the in the middle of the area which is worrying whether it's through set piece normal play whether it's pre- so whoever's detailed with pressure on the ball I don't know ok this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk don't go anywhere after the break we're going to talk about Tom Solanke a few other bits the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk back with you uh, Neil Atkinson Adam Melia uh, Andy Heaton and John Gibbons uh, we're going to come on to talk about Dom Solanke in a few other little bits in a second or two I want to mention everything that we're doing on the Anfield Wrap at the minute there's so many games that are coming thick and fast and they're all at the minute at least very very exciting there's tons and tons at stake it is worth pointing out Spurs' current little malaise that they've found themselves in people are going to drop points in this run it's down to Liverpool who probably have the kindest run of fixtures to make the most hay that's possible while the sun shines and we're covering everything we've got four or five shows around every game, couple of previews, couple of reviews, an immediate post-match show. Uh, by immediate, I mean when we can get, pull the car over and get the recorder out, uh, because you know we're still not we're not in press boxes, and we don't want to be. What we want to be is in away ends and having a fantastic time. Uh, I had a great night at Stoke. Looked like in a great end, that you know. Uh, it was yeah, a, yeah, I was jealous when that second went in. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was limbs. There was limbs everywhere. I was, I, 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 I was uh, running down some stairs uh, in that I sort of had the, I, I, had, I had limited options. I was either falling over or running down some. Stairs. Can, like I, everyone. Uh, can I give you some Mick Clark chat on this? Go on. So, like, Mick Clark had two spares all day, and I'm sat there because I work from home, work from home on that particular day. I'm thinking, should they go? Should they go? Nah, I can't go. Can't go. Can't justify it. It's fine. I can't go. 
And then just at the moment where I thought, you know what, I, I fancy this, the tickets are gone and I was oh, fuming. And well, then I, I, I was fine with it. And then the second went in. I like got news of the second yeah. scene. I was like, oh, yeah. Wish I'd gone. Glor- uh, it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. We're going to be at Brighton at the weekend. Looking forward to that. So we, we're covering everything as much as we can with the Anfield Rap. Go to theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe to get more of us hopefully enjoying our football because that's the point. And enjoying the football. Currently, uh, Dom Solanke, John, it was uh, it was a, a surprise uh, that he gets on. But what I liked about him was was how much the manager, how much trust the manager has in him positionally, and also his teammates. There's a few nice little flicks. What actually gets him in with, when he gets in is 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 is, is a double flick between him and Firmino. Yeah, and it, he's not being treated like like a young lad who's just there to stretch them to run channels and make the pitch big. He was being treated like an an integral part of the team. Very much so, and, and I thought him and Firmino linked up really well. He did in pre-season actually because. They, they take it in turns to drop and, and, and that's quite a nice thing to see because as you say normally if you bring a young player in you'll just ask him to do quite a basic job really you know you might ask him to you know if, if he's on the wing get up and down things like that get some, get some balls in the box as you say a forward run channels or whatever but he's not that sort of striker you know he's he is he is someone who likes to drop he likes to get his feet on the ball he's he's got nice touch awareness he can he can play a through ball and so it was nice to see him and Firmino kind of dovetailing and, and the formation generally was was quite fluid it was um you know, at times it looked, it looked very much a four four two. At other, at other times, it looked more four two three one. But they were when it was four two three one, they were kind of taking in turns to be the be the nine, and and that, that was confusing for the defenders. I thought they weren't quite sure kind of who they were meant to be picking up, and and, that, and that, as you say, that's nice to see because they wouldn't have had a huge amount of time to work on it. So that just shows that they've been using Solanke a lot in training, but also that he's an intelligent footballer, which bodes well for his future. Com- confusing for the defenders, I think, is a key thing. Uh, to be honest with you, Adam, that appears to be. A- a lot of, a lot of what we're about in terms of what we do. They got the, the, I think both the first and second goal, for instance, come come from Mane, appearing either very much in the centre or even over on the right when he takes his starting position from the left. The entirety of Firmino's outlook and game appears to be be confusing mm. for the defenders. It's it's very much about making defenders make decisions and presuming that at some point they're going to get them wrong. The, the, yeah, there is, and there's a the, you can really see I think why we've we've gone Solanke over Origi, and I think I could I, I've, I could talk about Solanke for hours. I've got different different things running through my head when I, I think about him because I think I must be doing Ben Johnson's head in or I sit next to him at the match because I keep saying he needs a goal, and that's not meant as a criticism. What it was meant as basically is that I watched him all through preseason. I thought he was fantastic, and I thought he was doing he was doing all the things that that Firmino does and more actually some different things not all the things that Firmino does but certainly you can see how he could drop in for Firmino which is something that when Origi dropped in it was a completely different prospect but Origi would get you a goal and uh, so when the season started Solanke missed a few presentable chances I thought and I, and I was basically pay- thinking forward to the time to when, when the fixtures got busier thinking if he doesn't get his goal the manager's not going to be able to trust him to drop him in um, and I, I'm happy to see that he did because there is obviously enough there and there's enough there for, for, for us to be going on but I do I do still really think he needs a goal and you could see him snatching at his chance and, and I was desperate for that to go in um, but yeah I think I think he I think he looked fabulous and it was good to see um, uh, Mane did an interview about him in the Echo yesterday uh, yeah Mane was full of full of praise for him and it was it was an article basically a, a, about how, how much Mane had been raving about his performance the other night and set, setting his goal up yeah I think if you look at <coughs> talking about Solanke and Origi I think he plays a lot uh, not a lot more narrow, a lot narrower, narrower than uh, Arigi. He plays a lot more vertically as opposed to horizontally. Whereas 
Uri Guillotine picking up bits on the left-hand touchline, the right-hand touchline. A lot of slankies play. Even earlier in the season when he's come on for cameos and his touch has been really good, he's been dropping in, but it's always been normally within the width of the centre circle. Yeah, he drops in rather, yeah. than, rather than pulls wide. Yeah, drops in yeah. rather than pulls wide, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that might be... I mean, you talk about Peter Crouch. I mean, Solanke's not... He's a big lad and maybe, you know, that that's in his game where it can be a bit of a fulcrum, a bit of a pivot for other players, which was demonstrated by the goal. Um, and then the chance that he, didn't, he then missed later on, that was again a 1-2 off. And um, and the ball through for Mane as well. So, yeah, no, all in all, he did very, very positive performance. I think he's got a lot to be excited about. And, you know, as Adam was saying before, you, we, we're not bringing him. It's not like Woodburn last year where you're coming on and we need him to do something. We've got that luxury now where you can bring him in and the pressure's not immediately on him because there's other boys around him who, who are knocking goals in. Yeah, Firmino didn't even have to nick, nick Manny's goal, which is the new story I saw. See, so Firmino's got a 45 grand goal, goal bonus. <laughs> I thought, no wonder he takes his shirt off. <laughs> it's like, Do you I, think it was because he suspected he might have been offside? Yeah, or, yeah, or, or, yeah. Th- There was a bit of it, but Manny, Manny did glare at him. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Firmino's gone, I'm like, yeah, imagine if he would have been off. <laughs> I could just imagine someone being counted in Anfield, sweating over that thing, and, oh yeah, I would say 45 grand there and getting a knock on the door. <laughs> oh no, Marnie's yeah. goal bonus is even bigger, mate. I, lo- I love the idea that Seb, <laughs> don't Seb, score anymore. Seb Bean counting in pre-seasons, devastator for me and I was on pens. He's <laughs> <laughs> put him, hang on, hang on, this oh, didn't no, come to me. It, it says in the, in the report, it does, pens don't count. Oh, really, pens don't no. count? Oh, fair right? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't refuse to take them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Mario Sullivan when he declines the 147 if they're not big enough. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. why, this is the last pink because it's only yeah, a grand. That's why Firmino's been hitting the post. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could score. That was right in the corner. But, yeah, yeah. Not, not getting me I'll bonus. Be, what, so. If he gets the rebound from a pen, is that a, that's a great idea. Literally goes, literally goes over and he goes, I'm going to hit the post with this. Yeah. Just you watch. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea he starts dinking them on the crossbar so he nods it in as it comes back. Um, all right then. And we talk about Ryan Look a bit. We mentioned the early subs. I mean, it, it, John, we are, we, I've spoken to you about this in the past, that subs are a, they're a bit of a funny thing for a manager, aren't they, at times? And that you get them right and everyone hails you as a genius and then yeah. you might make, you might make the same sub three times in the next four games and, and it doesn't come off uh, you look a bit daft but obviously when you bring a lad on and he scores two it looks phenomenal but actually the, the bigger the bigger deal really is now this is a massive massive win for Liverpool's recruitment team we, we, we're quick to criticise them Andy said this recently we're quick to criticise them so we should be praising them when they absolutely get one right and Mo Salah is getting something right yeah he's the signing of the summer by, by any club he's he's, he's He's phenomenal footballer. He's an absolute steal for what we paid for him. You're watching him and you can't believe that every club around the world wasn't wasn't queuing up to get him. He, I mean, he very much suits Liverpool, so he was a, he was a really good buy. And so when you talk about success for the recruitment, he's it's a success for not just finding a good footballer, which you know most of us can do. It's it's finding someone who exactly fits our style, who exactly fits what what. This manager, and he said Brendan Rodgers. Then that was a throwback. Um, what 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 Jurgen Klopp wants from from a forward, which is you know pace, which is touch, which is intelligence, being able to play across the front three, and also being able to get in between in between the sticks to to, to put stuff in. And did he, he talk about that a lot? You hear about the coaching, and, and I go and speak to Neil Critchley, who coaches the under twenty threes, and we talk about what you work, what he works with with young players and especially young forwards and he, he talks a lot about Ryan Booster and, and making sure he's he's he's, in, he's not just in the box but in between the sticks and, and and you know in between the goal line and stuff like that and Salah's there all the time and that's how he gets a lot of his goals really it's it's positioning it's be, it's bit kind of being in the right place okay the, the, the first one he gets at, at, 
on Wednesday is just just a, a wonderful hit. But he gets a lot of goals just by being kind of where where you want him to be, really. And he's he's making the most of his talents, and and he's got loads and loads of talents. Uh, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. After the break, we're talking to David Squires about his book and illustrated history of football, Hall of Fame, and also his illustrated history of football. It's an absolute pleasure. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We're going to be back with Adam, Andy and John in a second. But before then, we're doing the Santa Dash on Sunday. I've done no training. Let's see what happens. Uh, so it's running 5K. It's only 5K. I keep telling myself that. Um, justgiven.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Anfield Wrap Santa Dash. That's for us. Uh, we're raising money for Woodlands Hospice. Hopefully you can support us. It's fine if not. But if you could, that'd be great. Uh, justgiven.com forward slash fundraising forward slash the Anfield Rap Santa. Sorry, forward slash Anfield Rap Santa Dash. Got to be very specific on that sort of thing. Uh, so we've just broken the £2,000 uh, mark. We'd like to raise as much money as possible for Woodlands Hospice. So please do feel free to, 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 to give money to us via that if you can. And we'll let you all know how we get on. It'll probably be content. We've got our red suits uh, and so have the blue room. Anyway, uh, moving quickly on towards uh, David Squires. Uh, me and Andy chatted to him about a week and a half ago. Uh, I had a lovely conversation, really, about a wide variety of subject matter, including his work and talking about his book, The Illustrated History Hall of Fame Edition of Football. Um, he's a terrific man, uh, and here is that. Yeah, Neil Atkinson and Andy Heaton here on City Talk, talking to David Squires about his book. Well, we're going to talk about both of his books, really, but we're going to start off with uh, his one, which is the Illustrated History of Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he did the Illustrated History of Football last year. That was great, and it was a ton of fun. This Hall of Fame, though, is similarly fantastic. I'm going to start you off with Shankly and his quips, David, and his failure to hit his quips uh, sitting around the breakfast table. And I think it shows... The thing I like about a lot of your work is that you can be very pointed, and we'll come on to talk about that in a minute but also and what comes through in these books is there's a real sense of fun and affection in that you're, you're more than happy to make jokes about people's situations historical moments but it very much comes across like you're a man who loves his football is that fair yeah totally that's um i don't think i'd be able to sort of do the job unless i had a deep love of the game and um sort of my golden rule that i try to live by when i'm doing the cartoons is not to sort of take the mickey out of anyone for a lack of, of talent or lack of ability because clearly the, these are all players who are at the absolute top of the game, players, managers, whatever you, uh, however you look at it. So um, I'd be on pretty sort of um, shaky ground if I, if I took the, the, the mickey too much about that. Um, but yeah, the, the Shankly one, I, I, I did really enjoy drawing and that cartoon, I actually drew that cartoon the day that Trump got elected. So I was sort of surprised I was able to <laughs> sort of keep a sense of humor about anything as that was all sort of unfolding. But um, yeah, that cartoon about the, the sort of pressure that he must have, have felt to, um, to always have a ready line and a quip and just how exhausting it must have been just being Bill Shankly and... Um, you know, even in the modern era, there there aren't that many sort of managers who who have that same sort of um, same approach. I don't think someone, say, like Gary Megson, is overly burdened by a need to have a, a quip or a powerful personality. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one of the cartoons I really enjoyed drawing. So I'm, I'm glad that it's one that you liked. Yeah. Could, one thing I wanted to ask. Um, because I'm presuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you're doing these cartoons, you, you kind of write the script first and then draw afterwards. And what I was going to ask yeah. is, have you ever started drawing something and then 
Oh, drat. I've got to change it. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, um, so I often start out with, with a loose script. Say, uh, when I'm working on the, the Guardian ones each week, um, I'll take notes throughout the week, and then on, on a Monday morning I'll sit down and try and sort of compile them into this loose script. But, um, yeah, like you say, events happen throughout the day and I have to change them. So this week, West Brom sacked Tony Pulis you know, when I was about three quarters of the way through the cartoon, but I had an inkling it, it, it might happen. Um, you know, it wasn't a complete shock. But, but well, well, welcome to our world on that, by the way. We, we've had managers sacked live on it. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's one of the, 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 the pitfalls, isn't it? It's, it's almost impossible. But um, but I suppose on a, on a more serious note, I, I guess uh, last year I was... Um, I'd just finished a cartoon um, just after Chelsea won the league and I did a cartoon about that. And then um, because I'm in Australia, so the time difference is, you know, slightly different. And I'd finished working on it and then the the awful Manchester bombing happened and it became sort of clear that I had to um, draw a cartoon which reflected Manchester's reaction to 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 that incident and I think Manchester United had their UEFA Cup final yep. um, like a couple of days later so that was one where, that I had to hastily sort of redraw I'm not in any way saying that I'm the real victim of that situation but it's just one example where um, you, you know I had to hastily sort of um, rewrite everything I've done Talking about hasty rewrites, um, you're a fan of Swindon Town, almost as good as throwing away yeah. a lead as Liverpool. Oh, uh, yes, we were commiserating with each other on Twitter the other night, yeah. Um, your 3 0, yeah. Um, surrender was, no, I, I don't I, I mean, it's all relative. While that was unfolding to your sort of horror, um, Swindon were surrendering a 2 1 lead at Grimsby and going down 3 2, but you know. It's the same human emotion of uh, of misery that, <laughs> that that is inflicted on you, regardless of, of who you support. I suppose when you when you come to sort of address these books, and just to be clear to people, your illustrated history of football sort of goes through, just simply tells tells the story of football, takes key moments. This one, your Hall of Fame, is specific sort of stuff around, but you've broken it into the gods, cult heroes, goalkeepers are different, bosses, anti-heroes, middlemen, which is a load of fun, uh, pioneers and forward thinkers, and lastly, defenders, as an afterthought. Do you find, you know, picking the moments, picking the people to be the, almost in many senses, sort of the hardest the hardest thing, because you've, you, you're you trying to tell sort of quite, certainly, in, you know, in the whole illustrated history, you're trying to tell quite big stories, really, but you you want to drill, you want to drill into the into specific frames as you go in and also the story that you choose to tell and how you do it is, is that almost the for you the, the the bit that takes the most work yeah the, i mean it, a lot of planning went into it the, the, the first book as you say was um i mean the whole history of football and there are obvious stories that that jump out and i think i started with a list of maybe 150 and whittled, whittled it down to i think 90 cartoons um and one of the challenges with that was coming up with a new way of approaching stories that people are already very familiar with. So, um, say like 1966 World Cup final, which, 
you know, everyone knows that back to front. So trying to think of a original way to present that was, was a challenge, but it's a fun one. And while I was working on that book, I realized that there are all these individuals who I didn't really have time or space to explore. And so the second book has given me that chance to 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 do like a four page cartoon about Diego Maradona and you know, a three pager about Johan Cruyff and and a few of the more sort of obscure ones who had, you know, great and interesting stories that I can just pick out and and highlight as well, so it's good fun. Well, yeah, like I like that. For instance, in this, in the in, in the Hall of Fame, you use Shinaglia, who is a player that you know a lot of people might not remember or know, but you you, you get to have a load, a load of fun with Shinaglia, don't you? Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's the I think the first one in the chapter about anti-heroes. He really sets the tone for that chapter because, yeah, he was um, he was a, a supreme toe rag. <laughs> he really was. You know. <laughs> That, that whole, you know, that Lazio team from the late 60s, early 70s were, you know, gun-carrying nutters. It was, um, yeah, that was tremendous fun to work on, you're right. So, one thing I also wanted to ask you, David, is that you've got a regular um, cartoon in the paper. Now, I was really surprised to learn when we were arranging this interview that you, you live in Australia because it seems, the content of the cartoon seems so relevant and in touch so, and then I was thinking about it again, and I was thinking, maybe, do you feel that detachment because you're not quite here? You see things a little bit differently in so much as it comes through different filters? Yeah, you get a distance from it. Maybe, yeah, it could be that. I mean, I've always thought that the the time difference, because I'm a, bit, a few hours ahead, it gives me a bit of an advantage in some ways. Um, I do rely on social media to, to find out, you know, what what people are talking about and what the conversation is. Um, that, that sometimes gives me, a, sort of steers me in the wrong direction. There's been a few times where I've assumed that the whole of Britain is talking about a subject because it's what is being discussed in my, um, you know, my lovely echo chamber that I spend half the day scrolling through. Um, uh, that's not always the case. Say like this week I did a cartoon which heavily featured the sausage roll that, uh, Greg's the baker used. Uh, they got in trouble last week because I used uh, a picture of a sausage roll in the place of baby Jesus in a nativity scene, and I assumed that everyone in Britain was talking about this. And then I used it. Um, I did a joke about the sausage roll replacing Chris Coleman as Wales manager, and just no one got it. Uh, like everyone was contacting me on Twitter saying, "Yeah." Uh, what's this joke about? So um, I do go off in the in the wrong direction sometimes, as I am with this answer. Sorry, whittling off. <laughs> Don't worry at all. Listen, the books are fantastic, both of them. Uh, the Illustrated History of Football by David Squires and now the Illustrated History of Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm very much into presence uh, at this time of year. I try to make your life easy for you. And I would be surprised if there's a football supporter you know, whoever they support, who can't enjoy either of those books, if not even both of them. We'll, uh, we'll look into that more and more in the future. But it is uh, fantastic for David to come on from Australia. Well, uh, we'll have all the links in that. Yeah, we'll make it all of that crystal clear for you. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk, and we'll be back in a minute. 
David Squires there. Uh, lovely to speak to him. Uh, very much recommend both that book and his previous book. Certainly, if you're looking for Christmas presents, uh, it's the sort of thing that would actually be delightful to leaf through on Christmas afternoon at about one p.m. Uh, pre your dinner when you've already had two or three drinks. I think it's it's, it's if, if I'm if you I'm nailed it. I think I've absolutely, absolutely nailed, nailed the nailed moment. It. Yeah. Can you, can you just plan my Christmas day out, please? O- honestly, present by present. Yeah, yeah, present by present, gift by gift. <laughs> I'll tell you what you want to enjoy as and when that complex computer game that you get. Do it early. <laughs> Don't be messing around with that later on during the day. Can I uh, talk about computer games a second? Go on. Right. Didn't see this coming, but let's see what happens. No, so I haven't had a games console for about 10 years. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I tried to have the conversation about, oh, no, Francesca's old enough for an Xbox. And a few is weeks she, ago, no. I don't no, think she would be. No. Is that <laughs> you wanted an Xbox? I wanted an Xbox, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, I'm thinking next year might, you know. That might be the one where you manage to get it over the line. Yeah. Uh, excellent stuff. Strong negotiation strategy. Uh, keep pushing on with that. Um, I want to talk about putting smaller side, poorer sides to the sword in that we appear to be doing it better, Adam. Um, I, I was lamenting quite early on this season that we hadn't really in the entirety of 2017 with the exception of the games against Middlesbrough and West Ham at the very end of the season last season that no one uh, from the from the bottom sort of 13 was, was either coming to Anfield or we were going to their place and really putting a bit of goal difference between us and them on the day we were getting results here and there but we weren't we weren't battering people now I still don't think we're battering people but we're winning a lot of these games by three goals and it is noticeable that this pattern is developing and I think we're doing it really well Arsenal are on 12 consecutive home wins my point here is that it does feel as though the sides at the top they're all taking points off each other but it almost puts City to one side at this stage in the other games the games against one another mm. but the, the, we're, but we're all I think doing better at the, the week by week getting 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 the three points that you need to get it feels like it's a focus for everyone this year mm, I know it's and, and it's funny how uh, as you say it, it's it's not just us it seems to be all of the top sides who are taking points off the the sides at the bottom and then managing to to get draws against each other um yeah I I've been I've been really pleased with this I was confident that we would get the results one way or the other against Stoke the other night it wasn't sometimes you have to wait for the game to start to see whether it's going to be a handsome win or just a, a you know a by by one goal win um, and and you you think that I I think a lot of it is down to the the, the patience that we've been showing. You know, we saw it where where it's almost uh, it was to to start with. It felt almost um, unnatural against Huddersfield that we you know that we we started slowly. It felt like we'd started a couple of gears down on purpose to see whether we could. And I think that's the rhythm with, that we're we're in now, where we we you know we don't necessarily start slowly, but we, if if we if we get one goal, we'll sit on it like we did the other night and sort of weather the storm, especially. In away grounds and then uh, wait for wait wait to once the, once that storm has been been seen through then we can get our subs on um which I thought we did uh, and uh, with with much better timing uh, against Stoke than we have uh, done um against against other teams um and I think I, I think we I think we're getting there it does it does seem as if we're it, it seems as if we're, we're we're perfecting something which doesn't doesn't feel like it should be that difficult but there we go <laughs> it seems like we're getting there eventually but on this what strikes me out of it Sorry, Andy is is two games on the bounce. Spurs drop points. Two games on the bounce. Spurs have now dropped drop drop points, and they've lost three and five. They've lost three and five, and straight away the speed with which you know they now they now find themselves in seventh. The, the the speed with which, and we were worried about it as well. A season can get away from you there really a bit faster than you expect. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Spurs. You could turn it around this weekend. They've got a really tricky game against Watford, but it's more when everyone else and it was dead interesting as the results were coming through and all of that sort of stuff. You were like, you take the Spurs one, presume everyone else is going to get a result. You take the Spurs one, presume everyone else is going to get a result. That's great. That's a good 
that's a good block of games for us that just one of them dropping points and that's where we are now yeah it's mad because you seem to blink and Spurs went from like second favourites mm. for the league to, to where they are now it was like before the, before the Stoke game someone said oh if we, if we went tonight we go above Spurs I'm like what? really that's yeah. a bit weird <laughs> so I looked at it and I was like oh yeah um, but I think th- there's a broader point I mean obviously Huddersfield beat Man United the side <clears throat> um, I think this pattern of the big teams beating the smaller teams it's a wider thing. I think you could basically the gap between the players that the top six, the nominal top six have got, the quality of the top players the top six have got compared to the rest of the league has widened. Yep. Over the last 18 months or so. Including benches. Including benches. Well, especially maybe because of benches. Yeah. Maybe because of that. Um, and I think, I mean, I read something by Swiss Ramble this week, um, which was pretty good. And what, 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 kind of shone from it it wasn't just the money pouring into the smaller side you know and there's argument that Stoke could earn more money than this team and that's it like European giants whatever but the gap between the commercial income between the top six and the rest of the, the league is mad so for instance Macron have got Kit Stoke's uh, Kit deal do you know how much they get in a year? How much? £3 million Right United are getting £75 million pounds yeah. for their yeah. Kit deal so for all the talking of sharing the TV money and a level playing field and one thing and the other just on your on on your kit deal before your sponsorship or anything like that, yeah. You're already you're already miles ahead, and it's only the last couple of years when these kinds of deals have exploded. And it's just stuck the, the rest, value though, isn't it? Tell well, you. yeah. But the, and the rest, <laughs> I'm looking at it for the VAR. And, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And the rest, they kind of picking up the pieces, and it was the same. A similar thing happened with trying to boil. Similar thing happened with boot deals in the early 2000s. So, the early 2000s, everyone had a, a really good boot deal. And then Nike and Adidas got into it and go, well, I don't know why. Why are we paying? Why are we paying that muggy plays for? I don't know. Let's pick a random out. Joe Parkinson. Why are we paying Joe Parkinson five grand? Uh, you know, five grand a month to wear our boots. Hmm. What's Joe Parkinson doing for our brand? Lukaku can't get a boot deal. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. But what, what's he doing for his brand? So rather than pay, so the the money didn't change in so much as the spend would would be say five million or whatever, whatever that figure is. But instead of spending it on like a hundred players, you spend it instead on ten. Is that, yeah, exactly, and that, that's kind of filtering through. So the top teams are vacuuming up more of the money that outside of the TV revenue. And I think you're seeing that now. Um, Sorry for the boredom. No, it's, it's genuinely interesting to be honest with you. Really, really interesting, and I think that is part of could well be part of what you're seeing, and that sort of leads onto onto the Brighton conversation, John. In that they've only really had tight games this season. They haven't surprised anyone yet, <laughs> uh, but they've they've surprised in general, and by virtue of the fact that the tenth, yeah, um, they're doing okay. Uh, it's, what, what what struck me looking at them is that the average around two goals total in their games then I think that's that, that's a lot of what maybe we can expect this weekend well I mean well well hopefully we'll get more I think I think there's a chance we might do really well down there and, and so you know as I say I'm looking at it and thinking you know with this this is when it might start getting tougher to Brighton who aren't, who aren't maybe used to, to, to three games, games at this level in a yeah, week yeah, they've got yeah. a tough December actually if you've looked yeah, at it they, they, they've they've Got quite a few tough games coming up. Yeah, and so and so this is where it might, it might get a little bit tougher for them. As I say, when we spoke to Steve, he was really impressed with them, not just with their organisation and their energy, but the fact that they had a bit of a, a go at Old Trafford as well. I'd expect them to have a, have a go at Liverpool. I don't think they're going to, you know, play like you know completely like in a wayside. Although I would imagine Liverpool to have more of the ball. I think they, I think they will have a bit of a go, and they've got you know you talk about midfield runners and, and, and concerns about that for Liverpool. They've got they've got a couple of those, haven't they? And, yeah. and so and, and so there is there is there is concerns about, uh, around that. I've, I noticed there uh, 
one of their defenders um, talking about the, the fact that Liverpool don't play with a with a out and out holding midfield and how they look to exploit that. So they're already, you know, talking about that amongst the squad. Obviously, in terms of kind of being able to get men forward that way. But I don't know. But I, but I think but but I just think we're going to be fresher. And I, and I look at the, the team that we're likely to put out and 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 it just looks very strong. What do you think that team is, John? I just, I just think all the boss attacking lads are going to play. So I think he's going to play for me now, uh, Coutinho. Salah and Mane I think all four of them will play and then, then we can do what he likes behind that I think he sticks with Solanke you know he gives him another game yeah because he, he, he hasn't got that, that many minutes in his legs has he and he's a young lad as well and you know it's like he, he plays Mane you know every game some players with natural fitness and we don't know whether Solanke has but you'd be able to think you know that the energy he's got stored up in him he should be able to do it. and you know what it'll be a positive thing anyway because he talks about rhythm and getting rhythm you know if he's going to give him a a chance in, in against Stoke surely he's good enough to give him a chance against uh, uh, tomorrow as well um, I don't know I think we're sort of forgetting Coutinho a bit and I think there's a bit of an issue there I think I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure what, what he does about uh, about tomorrow and, in, and it is in a good way because we've got a lot of options there we've got Lallana as well uh, Lallana won't have trained probably before this one so I think we may wait before we get an Lallana start right yeah. okay um, I mean that it, it, it's Brighton are a bit of an unknown quantity. I think in this league this season, you've got good teams, funny teams, and bad teams. And Brighton are a funny team. Uh, they're surprisingly dour. Um, and I don't know why that's surprising. I think it's because Brighton is a flamboyant place. And you expect them to be. But... Brighton's a night out. Why does the football team represent the night out? Yeah, but they don't. They're not. They're, they are. They At are least when Blackpool dour. came off, they had a real go. Yeah, yeah it was the waltzers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm, as as John was saying, really, I do think we'll, uh, I, I think we'll have, we'll, we'll have a lot of uh, a lot of good attackers on, and I expect us to get there. But I think if they if, if they get a sniff, that they, they, then it it may be the same thing as as I said against Stoke. It, it, it's it's the, whether it's going to be a tight game or a or a, a handsome win. I'm not I'm not quite sure, and I'm I'm struggling to predict the uh, the lineup to be honest. The, the attackers, well, I'm, I'm I'm I really Mane went off holding his groin. I know, and that's one of the things that's in in my mind a bit is. Is is does does Mane does Mane miss this one out? You wouldn't. I mean, the last thing you want is him getting a getting a, a injured over the Christmas period. So I suspect if there's any doubt, he does miss out. Um, and uh, I I think Coutinho comes back in. I would like to see Solanke again. I think it's quite a decent shout by Andy, but I'm not sure whether it happens. Uh, does anyone think we've got any change at left back? No. Oh, he might do. Yeah. I don't yeah. Think I think so. he might. I think he might change both to fullbacks. I think he might play Trent and Robertson. I. This feels like the one to me that he does it. I thought he was going to do that the other night, to be honest, and then he didn't. Um, I I think I I think he does. I think it's been that long now for Robertson that I think it has to be at home, to be honest. Possibly, yeah. Uh, so you might so do, do Moscow. Might do Moscow. Might, might do Moscow. Might do West Brom. Uh, anyone that should, I think he'll go with Trent as well because I think Gomez probably gets both Moscow and the derby. Uh, Andy. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with that. I'd, I'd stick with Moreno. Though I don't think there's a. Do you think he'll drop Henderson back in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think with 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 you know, he's kept him in after the, just the game against Sevilla, and he's had two good games, and then, you know, I know I, I saw Moreno against Stick the other day for, for the Stoke game. I thought he was all right. People, yeah, yeah. people are look, just looking. Look he had, he had a mad two minutes Did where he? a couple went over his head. I can't remember that. He was looking at planes or something. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had mad ten minutes, uh, but um, yeah, he found himself under pressure. Uh, Channel Wijnaldum. I'd go Emery. I think he's a bit fresher at the moment. Uh, and a bit better to be honest with you 
Yeah, I, I think that he he's uh, it's funny, isn't he, Emery? That, that you can see him. He's, he's a really slow starter in 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 games and for a run of games. But I think he finished uh, he finished well the other night. Um, so yeah, I, I I see him staying in. Yeah, I go with Naldo. You know, I, just, I, I can I can see I can see the arguments for both. I think Chan's better when. I know maybe you're under it a little bit, but in games you expect to dominate. I think yeah. when we're playing well, when I thought when Alden well. was going to get his goal the other day, you know, they put him on that, that, that and, and that was what that was about. He was on that free kick to get his away goal to he get the mo- well. to get the monkey off his back. Yeah, it's yeah, it, and, and, he hits it really well. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, there's, 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 I wouldn't be disappointed or surprised to see when Alton staying in. Okay, um, I feel as though that I like the idea that sort of team selection meetings at Melwood happen not dissimilarly to that. Yeah. Who reckons this then? <laughs> um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, very very quick as we begin to sum this up. Can I have a quick prediction from you, uh, John? First, three 0 Liverpool. Uh, Andy. Uh, 3-1 Liverpool Uh, Adam I was going to say that as well 3-1 Liverpool Uh, Thank you very much indeed Have a fantastic weekend Whatever you're doing Up the Reds Sports Social Podcast Network Oh, 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 O'Reilly You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts Need them fast? We've got fast No matter what you need We have thousands of professional parts people Doing their part to make sure you have it Product availability just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.